This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good morning, Jai Shri Krishna Guru. Thank you for joining Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. Om Shri Guru Vyo Namaha, Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha, Om Shri Sarsvataya Namaha, Om Shri Guru Dattatre Namaha, Om Shri Mahalakshmiya Namaha, Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshwaraha, Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Guru Ve Namaha, Shri Guru Charitra Parayan. Today we'll start the new chapter which is chapter 4 and this is about Shri Datta Avatar. How beautiful. I'm very excited. I hope you are also equally excited to learn about the Datta Avatar. How did he incarnate? How did he manifest? What is the story behind it? I think yesterday, if you remember, we did the story about the incarnations of Lord Shri Hari. Why do the Lord manifest? Why do they take birth? And what is the purpose for which they have different different manifestations on this planet earth. That is one thing we learned. The second thing is Namdarak was asking Siddha Muni the question about you know what is the way of life um, and how should he you know live going forward and he also requests Siddha Muni to make him his disciple. And it's a very important thing. If you if you remember Namdarak asked certain questions. He says um, uh, the great yogi, can you please explain to me what is the way of life? How should I live? What is that you eat? He, he wants to know. Why? Because he also wants to go on the path of that spirituality and the way of life which his master, that is Lord Sri Narsimha Deva was living. So likewise, even in our life, it is very important to question. Questioning is the most important aspect. And if you don't question, then there is a problem because you're never going to get the answers. So questioning is a must and then getting that knowledge, that lesson is extremely important. See, many a time we might have questions, but we fail to ask. But if you fail to ask, what happens? Then you're not, you're not getting that knowledge. So please make an effort to go to your guru or whosoever you consider, you know, who can give you that answer. Please go to them and Ask the questions so that you can get your answers, which will then help you further in your journey of spirituality. So now let us begin the new chapter, chapter 4, Shri Datta Avatar. This chapter describes the advent of Shri Dattatre as the son of Anusuya and Atri. The chapter illustrates the power of chastity, that is purity as exemplified in the life of Anusuya. Her purity could transform the great trinity, the Durlabhya, that is the unattainable, into mere babies in her arms and make them Saulabhya, bringing within one's easy and close reach. The name Atri means one who has transcended the three gunas. Anusuya is one who is bereft of human frailties such as jealousy, avarice, envy, greed, lust, you name it and is spotless pure. Where Atri and Anusuya cohabit, the Lord himself is also sure to abide. Oh my God. Let us understand. This is the summarization of the entire chapter. What is that? This chapter comprises about, but let us first understand what is he 
saying here who is atri muni atri is the one who has transcended the three gunas what does that mean see to become the highest spiritual being he is the greatest of the sage what is it first you have to transcend that is your mind body senses and the three gunas because when you operate in the gunas then you can never attain the spiritual being you can never attain the wisdom of knowing god or para brahman you can never attain that please be sure so it is important to transcend not just your mind body senses most important the three gunas see because we this body is operating either in or any of the three gunas that is sattva rajas and tamas but during atriya muni's time it is only full of sattva alone so he has transcended the three gunas also can you imagine and he is the highest order of he is the highest you know sage of all times he is one of the greatest sages and then what is he saying here anusuya represents one who has the power of chastity she is a very chaste woman what does that mean she never had she had conquered rather you know she had overcome and conquered all the evil propensities like you know jealousy avarice greed lust you name it envy you know today we human beings are filled with all of these qualities why should we have greed why should we be jealous of anyone why should we have avarice we feel small we feel if somebody has something more than you or somebody even gets something we immediately become jealous of that other person why should we feel jealous so anusuya is one such chaste woman who was exemplifying in her purity which means purity in her thought in her mind in her action she was a very pure woman and what does it mean it also means to attain the divinity to become spiritually perfect you have to have such qualities see these are all just characters defined so that we we understand what do they signify and this is all part of the leela so you need to understand that it is extremely important to overcome such Uh, you know the the evil propensities or these petty qualities that we have within us it's a, it's a fallible human nature it's our tendencies that we have so how do you overcome see yesterday my krishna guruji was doing a very beautiful lesson in das bodh and in that he saying something very uh, very very profound lesson he taught he taught that we should always feel contented with what we have whatever god has bestowed upon us we must feel trupt trupt means being contented you are not running after things you are not going in you know putting lot of effort to get something that which comes to you effortlessly you have to just accept and move on don't run after it there is nothing that you are going to gain in this world and most important is you know you need to realize that the lord is rests within you means he lives within your heart and when the lord shri hari is living in your heart the goddess lakshmi who is always at the feet of the lord is within you you will get all the goodness you know the aishwarya everything that which you have to provided the lord is first pleased with you how will the lord be pleased with you see the lord can be pleased with you when you have you know when you have subdued your ego mind arrogance when within your heart you are purified you become the you know epitome of goodness 
where you are always nice to everybody, you are kind to everybody, you are always having good thoughts about everyone, you are not thinking bad about anybody, you don't want bad for others, likewise you are always thinking good alone and you are doing good. So when you have such purity of thought, you don't think the Lord is going to be pleased, of course he will be pleased. But even one wrong thought, the Lord is not going to be pleased. And most important, see when you have a guru, we say the guru is the doorway to God. What does that mean? See when you when you serve your guru, when you surrender to your guru and when you follow everything that your guru ordains you to do, then only he will get pleased. He wants to see how well you perform in your, in your world, whether it is spiritual, material, it's it is immaterial rather, but he wants to see how good a human being you are, how much effort are you willing to put and then only he, he is pleased and that is why I keep saying this, you know, God realization means or self-realization. When the self is pleased with you and who is this self? The Guru himself because he is the Parabrahman who has manifested and when he is pleased with you, don't you think with his grace you will attain that realization? That is why we say Moksha Moolam Gurur Krupam. But if you are not going to please your master, if you are not going to please your Guru, where is the question of you getting any realization? You think Lord Hari is going to be pleased with you? Of course not. And then why is... Um, you know, Lakshmi going to be pleased with you. She is not because her Hari is not pleased. So she is not going to be pleased. Then what, what makes you think you are going to get any wealth, anything? Then you can't get anything. That is the reason why we will only operate in our karma. So whatever is, pro, you know, we have to get as part of our destiny or prarabdha karma, that is all we will get. But... When the Lord is pleased, when your Guru is pleased, please remember your destiny is not going to come into existence. Then the Lord himself will bless that which is required for you and for you to evolve in this world and to go do and to do good for everybody. And that is why we say wealth is to establish dharma. Baba's Poti, in Baba's Poti, he always keeps saying this one line, wealth is to establish dharma. What does that mean? Wealth is not for us. Whatever that is coming to us, of course, we have to manage our subsistence and uh, sustenance and take care of our living. Plus, from that, we have to do good to this world. We have to give, especially to those who can never repay back to us. So giving is a must. Serving the humankind is extremely important. That is the only way for becoming good. And you know, attaining that God realization. So when when the goddess is pleased, then only the wealth will come to you. Otherwise, you are not going to get anything. So please understand. So whatever that you have been blessed is right now as per your prarabdha karma. That is all you are going to get. You might think, oh my God is blessing everything. See, please remember the the, the great masters are not so easily pleased because he wants that extraordinary effort in the disciple. He wants to see how committed his disciple is. He wants to see whether his disciple or devotee can put God first in his life. But if he is going to put all the material worldly things like your mother, father, husband, brother, sister, marriage, job, every other thing, then God is in the last. God is only there to fulfill your desires. So you think Lord Sri Hari is going to be pleased with you? Of course not. So whatever you are going to get is only going to be as per your prarabdha karma. Nothing less, nothing more. But when the Divine Lord is pleased with your bhakti, and please remember, that is when the Goddess will bestow upon you that which you cannot even imagine. That is when the 
wealth or whatever success glory grandeur everything comes to you not otherwise so you need to understand this is a very interesting thing the gurus are never going to tell you all these things because they are going to be always incognito and operate in their own way yeah you know yesterday in the chapter where shri siddhamuni is explaining about gurunath in that he says you know when you are a devotee of the guru when you are a guru bhakt there will be no more want of wealth um you know uh, sorry uh, food clothing wealth everything will be bestowed based on your desire he uses a very interesting word he says your desire he is not saying that that is what the guru wants to bestow upon you whatever is your desire is what the guru is going to be fulfilling you why because you are a guru bhakt but do you know when you surrender to the guru whole heartedly then your desire don't come existence because then you become desireless being then you are only a guru bhakt then there is nothing of yours you are one with your gurudev then whatever comes to you will be blessed by your gurudev that will be blessed by lord uh, you know goddess lakshmi based on your guru's will the divine will that is very profound that is what you have to seek that is what you have to get but whatever that comes to you see marriage or job or whatever you ask that is only coming because you have asked for it that is your desire so don't tell that my guruji has told me my guruji gave me this job or my guruji told me to marry this girl or my guruji told me to do this thing no guruji is not doing anything that is your prarabdha karma that is only your destiny is playing over there if you had listened to your guru then the the whole equation is very different so this is something you need to very importantly understand see these are codices the way you interpret these scriptures is not what it is it, it is not a direct interpretation this is very profound truth and to yesterday that is exactly what my krishna guruji was teaching from samarth ramdas maharaj's das god in that he is very beautifully explaining how the how the divine lord bestows upon you but for that first you need to become eligible you need to become spiritually deserving and when you do all that when you put that self effort and when you get there that is when the divine blesses but for that are you ready patrata is very important you need to have that ability to receive that grace which is only through self effort it is not going to come otherwise so so don't always go with your desires to the divine being you know ask them surrender to them and attain only spiritual being when you go with when you become a desireless being and when you go to them with a full 100% devotion only to the divine lord then whatever has to be whatever you have to get will come as per the ordain of the divine will and that is the beautiful thing that you can ever imagine that ever you can ever you know it, it, i don't know how to explain this it is it is something indescribable why because what they grant you or what they bestow upon you is beyond your own imagination you wouldn't even have been able to fathom that that is what you will get in your life otherwise when if you give it to greed and desire then your karma is always under operation you might have your guru you can do his seva nothing is going to work please remember this embed this lesson in your heart no matter how much you say oh i have guru bhakti that is only lip service you have to you know wear yourself for your guruji you have to show how much devotion you have till that time nothing works this is spirituality is not such a easy thing and that is why it is said lord shri krishna is secret is unknown is unattainable and here what is it saying where uh, 
Anusuya, because of her chastity and purity, she was able to attain, she could transform the great trinity, the Daurlabhya, that is unattainable, into mere babies in her arms and make them Saulabhya, bringing within one's easy and close reach. Such should be your power. Today, can you name one person who is like this? No, there is not a single person because we are all filled with our desires, greed, lust, wants. Oh my God, endless things we are filled with. Today, nobody is like this. So, the, this whole story says that the name Atri means one who has transcended the three gunas and Anusuya is one who is bereft of human frailties. Such as jealousy and everything. So what does it mean? You need to be so pure and that is where and is spotlessly pure. Where Atri and Anusuya cohabit, the Lord himself is also too sure to abide. So the Lord himself wants to be born in such a place. He wants to abide there. And what does that mean? This Anusya and Atri is not outside. It is within us. This human body is the sage and this Atri Muni and this Anusuya. We have to transcend the three gunas. We have to become pure like Anusuya. That is when the Lord will abide within our heart. That is when you will have God realization. So there is no Anusuya and Atri Muni outside. That is when the Datta will be born within us. That is what the story is all about. And so let us continue. I've given you a summarization what you need to do and how you need to become. We have to be a, live a very, we have to live a God-pleasing life, which is full of truth, goodness, love, purity. We don't need to be bothered about what happens in the world. We are not here to change the world. First, change yourself. Be the change you want to see in this world. Why are we bothered of somebody is doing this, something? Somebody is doing that. Let them do whatever they want. It is none of our business. They need to be bothered about their own being. If they don't want to, that is their problem. They will go in the gutters. It is none of your business. So why don't you focus only on yourself, on your own development. Practice purity. Practice goodness. Practice love. You think these words are so easy to live? It is not. But we have to practice. We have to strive really hard. We have to put extraordinary effort and do like Baba says. Deep sadhana is very important. Okay. So when you do all of these things, then only you can attain the divine within yourself. Make this heart, this body as the temple. Your heart is the abode of the Lord Almighty where you will realize him. So let us start the story. Naldarak asked Siddha Yogi how the three great gods Brahma, Vishnu and Maheshwara were born as a single manifestation as Datta. His heart was yearning to know the whole Guru Charitra from its very beginning and origin. Siddha Yogi began describing the origin of creation. In the timeless beginning, there was no earth, no sky, no planet, no universe and no being. It was all an infinite expanse of water. On it was resting Lord Sri Narayana. Actually, that primal water itself was God. Out of the water was born Hiranya Garbha and out of Hiranya Garbha emerged Brahmanda. What is Brahmanda? That entire universe. Hiranya Garbha, that is the womb from which the Brahmanda came into existence. Brahmanda split into two and one became the sky and the other the earth. The Lord then created the four-faced Brahma and entrusted him with the task of creation of both the animate and the inanimate beings. 
Brahma out of his manas, that is mind. When you say manas, it's not the mind, the life, the mind. This is the universal mind, the divine mind. Created the seven sages known as Manasaputras. Atri Rishi was one of those seven sons of Brahma. See, you need to remember this, you know. There are a lot of many, many universes. There's so many different universes. Um, actually, we say that there are a lot of different manavantras. But if you, if, you real, if you understand that God is an eternal being, there is no beginning, there is no end. He is a timeless being. So we don't, we cannot even say that uh, when there was no specific date and time to say he was only, he came into existence at this time. No. The only thing we are talking about, how many such earth universes were created. So it's not just where we are right now sitting and talking, but like this, there are so many different universes where he's manifested himself and he's, he's doing his leelas everywhere. So you cannot fathom the creation of the divine master. That is exactly what I'm trying to say. You cannot literally fathom. But these seven rishis are an eternal being. They're always there. So they, they, they come with the Lord. Every time the creation happens, they all come to play a role. Atri practiced severe penance for countless number of years and attained Brahmanyana. Later, at the instance of Brahma, he married Anusuya, the daughter of Kardama Prajapati. Anusuya was the embodiment of perfection and was entirely blemishless and her name itself indicates. She had no malice against anyone and had overwhelming and motherly love for all beings. See, this is very important. We have to have love for everybody, motherly love, where it is unconditional. And, you know, it's not a conditioned love. Like in today's day and age, the women only thinks, oh, if I'm giving birth, it is only my son. So I only love my son or daughter the most. I cannot love anybody else's child. No, that is selfish. So please, let's not even get there. We are talking about somebody who can love this entire world as their own children, the entire creation as their own children. That is the kind of love Anusuya had. And she had no malice against anyone and had overwhelming and motherly love for all beings. She was an embodiment of chastity who worshipped and considered her husband as God alone. She is reckoned foremost amongst the Pati Vratas. You know, what, what do you mean by Pati, pati Vratas? Means the, this, she considered her husband as the God and she would do uh, penance so that her husband has long life. Today, you think there is any Pativrata? Oh my God. There is no husband like Atriyamuni. There is no wife like Anusuya. This is a rare phenomenon in today's day and age. Everybody is in a contractual binding today. People live, people get married because they have certain gains from it. So you scratch my back, I scratch my back. That is what exists. There is no love. There is no love in the marriage. Please, let's not even talk. To get to that point. It's a subject, it's a taboo subject in my in my life because I don't consider, uh, you know, marriage as something very unique. You don't have this kind of an husband and wife relationship in today's day and age. See, marriage is a very beautiful institution, but nobody lives that meaning today. Nobody understands what that institution means. People think I want to get married because I want to enjoy life. I, I'm in love with someone. But that love is only momentary. It's very, it's very transient. It doesn't last. The real love that we talk about, this kind of love is unconditional. 
it is it is a love which you cannot express and in in this kind of a marriage with like anusuya who is a pativrata her love for her husband that is atriya muni is unconditional and it is ever growing it doesn't stop you take any material worldly marriage the marriage they, they say you know there is a saying honeymoon period is only for 90 days after which it becomes a very mundane existence you know the the husband and wife are at each other's throat then the husband wants to spend almost all his time at work the wife will also go to work and she wants to spend her time at work so they just come back and live like a it's it's it becomes like again a monotonous job there is no love or life in that relationship and um, it's very sad that we have entered in such an age but sometimes i don't understand then why do you get married if you cannot have that meaningful life anyway that's not for me to answer that is for those who are getting married they need to answer this question her fame and glory spread far and wide all over the three worlds indra the lord of heaven felt all his power waning out into insignificance like that of an oil lamp before the dazzling and splendorous sunshine of the rising glory and powers of anusuya and was afraid of losing his supremacy you know god indra the mind is always Uh, worried about losing his throne he you know what does he do he always wants to tell you you are right which is nothing but read making your ego very strong don't ever succumb to indra and every time when your guru ji says or tests you you want to you know pounce back on him or whatever he is saying saying that how you are right and how your guru ji is wrong this is what the lord indra does why because he doesn't want to lose his supremacy over here see it's very nicely explained so what is happening to him so he could not take anusuya's the power because of her purity so lord indra wants to go and disrupt so he tries to do something to cause a disruption disruption or try to ensure that the person the other person fails in their life so that he can maintain his egoistic supremacy all the time which is what happens within us we never want to let our ego we want to say we are always right you are not right please remember anything that is done through the mind you are always wrong your guru ji your gurudev the god almighty is always right so when you surrender like my krishna guru ji will always teach me one very important lesson and that lesson is simply this he'll say even he deliberately will say certain things it's not wrong it is only a way of talking he'll say certain things deliberately which will appear wrong to my mind wrong in the sense i will try to correct him oh, no this is what it is but the reason he does is so that to see whether i'm just surrendering my mind and ego and saying yes guruji you are right even if the guruji is saying something that might not be right you have to still accept it that is what it means to surrender your ego but immediately what does the mind do it wants to correct oh look you don't know you know it tries to correct the other being especially your guruji you cannot do that because your guruji is all knowing he he knows why he is doing what is he doing so are you trying to correct him that is not correct <laughs> you can't correct your master he knows you think he he doesn't have knowledge he's the master of all knowledge he's the knowledge incarnate so what are you trying to do with him so don't ever use your petty mind you don't have knowledge you're the one who has to sit at his feet and learn that is very important and only when you become humble and subservient can you ever learn and get the knowledge not otherwise so don't ever give in to indra's ways trying to make you look superior 
that the moment you try to show your ego and arrogance, you're only going to fall down. My Guruji has always done this and he'll just watch other people coming and telling him how great they are, they know too much. They come and blab a dime a dozen to my Guruji. My Guruji will just be very humble. He's only listening. He knows you're a fallible human, human being who's trying to show off your ego. And with ego, you can't achieve any, you know, any divinity. Forget about knowledge. Knowledge is so out of question. You can't even attain that much of grace with your ego. So don't bring in your ego. Ego is very dangerous. And even the ego of knowledge is even more dangerous. If you say, I know something, then your fall is imminent. He approached the three gods, Brahma, Vishnu and Maheshwaraha and entreated them to, ar to arrest the ever-increasing powers and glories of glory of Anusuya by somehow casting a blemish on her chastity. See how mean nature it is. He said Anusuya's name and fame had been already outshining and eclipsing that of the three divine consorts, Lakshmi, Saraswati and Parvati, who were till then ranked as the foremost among the women in all the worlds. The gods wanted to put Anusuya's purity and power to test. Please understand, all this is just a leela. And there is a profound outcome of what they do and why they do. We, don't, we cannot fathom that. They transform themselves into mendicants and approach the hermitage of Atri Rishi. They begged for alms. At that time, Atri Rishi had gone to the river to offer his daily oblations. Anusuya came out and welcomed them and extended hospitality to them. They made a strange request that the food prepared be served to them by Anusuya without wearing any garment. Wow! Anusuya, though perplexed at such a strange, embarrassing and impossible condition, however, thought for a while as to what she should do. Atitis cannot be turned away under any circumstances. Why? Because Atiti are Daivo Bhava, means Atitis are none other than God. Atiti means guest. See, in Indian tradition, anybody who comes to your, who visits your home, um, especially around at 11.30-12 p.m., we will never let them without having food. So you have to offer food. This is our tradition. This is our culture. Because we believe that Atitis are Daivo Bhava. Means Atitis are God themselves who have come to your house. So you cannot let them go without eating food. So Atitis are aspects of God himself. She thought, but yes, it flashed in her mind. If she only... If only the guests were her babies and she their mother, she could feed them without donning a garment. She concluded, wow, do you see the, the intellect is, the pure intellect is powerful than even the mind. So what does it mean? Because of her purity, she, her intellect gave her the solution. She was able to find the solution. So what does it tell you? That when you have the pure intellect, when you have the purity within you, answers will come to you. You will be able to find answers for every problem. You will have solutions for everything in your life. But are you that pure being? That is what being godly means. Why, do you, why is God the supreme? Because he has answers for everything. He has solutions to every problem and everybody comes to him with problems. Everybody comes to him with want, something that they want to be, want uh, from God. 
because they believe god has all the answers and god is the only one who can fulfill whatever the human beings want but what is that through this story what are you learning that this power rests within us the god is within us but first to tap into this power or capability we need to make ourselves capable to that extent and how do you make capable by overcoming your you know human frailties so once you overcome that you will have your pure intellect give you the answer because the lord is within you like my yesterday my guruji said lord shri hari is within you so what answer do you want you will get so do you think you cannot get find any solutions of course you can but are you even capable of that first you make yourself capable empower the god within you this is what it means this is an example where anusuya is a in an example where she has empowered she has re- become that great divine being herself she could her pure intellect gave her the solution so if only the guests were babies and she their mother she could feed them without donning a garment she concluded her thoughts the thoughts of a pure and chaste mind instantly became a reality what does this tell you just the pure thought will make that you know make that object into a reality you will be able to transform anything you want in your life you can create that is why we say the creation happens through the power of the mind didn't brahma say brahma out of his manas created the seven sages so what is that tell you that you have this entire power within you but for that first you need to empower yourself in becoming the divine being and here the qualities have been mentioned very beautifully so she was able to make her thought into a reality that is the power of her purity the chaste chaste life that she lived the elderly guests turned into babies she then fed them with all the motherly solicitude and love sang lullabies for them and put them to sleep in a cradle when our three rishi returned home to his amazement he found anusuya fondling the three babies and singing to them lullabies on upanishadic tuts see again what is she singing about she is singing about lullabies of upanishadic truths today what do we teach our children ha huh, pokemon and i do, i don't know whatever candy crush and so many other nonsensical stuff and today's kids are lost in that iphone ipad and whatever gadgets watching watching dime dozen nonsensical things and most important what is this tiktok and dancing to some stupid songs this is what we are doing we have lost our you know this the spiritual goodness at all so what is anusuya teaching this also should tell you that you have to inculcate good knowledge knowledge about our you know our scriptures our vedas our our rich culture heritage everything to our children we don't teach them any of these things it is a very sad state you know why because the parents themselves don't have the knowledge where will they teach their children and then you ask them have you learned they they'll say my parents never taught my grandparents never taught so nobody has made an effort to learn and this 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 must give you some you know that that light within your brain what does it say she then fed them with all the motherly solicitude and love sang lullabies for them and sorry lullabies for them and put them to sleep in a cradle she was and she was singing and singing to them lullabies on upanishadic truth how profound is that 
which is a child. So like that, you have to also teach your children. This also talks about how, which means you must yourself become educated, knowledgeable. So you have to be learning yourself so that you can inculcate and impart to your children lot of good things in this world and show them the path of righteousness. Anusuya rose and offered the children at the feet of her husband and said, These children are the gift Datta to God to of God to us. Atri Rishi was overwhelmed with joy. Atri Rishi, through his divya drishti, means through his divine vision, realized who the children were really were. He prayed to them, O Supreme Gods, Brahma, Vishnu, and Maheshwaraha, it is all your inscrutable divine Leela, you the infinite beings. <clears throat> chose to become babies in our humble home so as to delight us who have been childless and have been praying to you in our heart of hearts to bestow on us a child. How blessed are we to fondle you. Tears of joy started welling out from the sage's eyes, bathing the babies so to say. The babies now assumed their real forms and made their appearance before the couple as the trinity Brahma, Vishnu and Maheshwara. They said, we are pleased with you both. You ask for whatever boons you wish. The couple prayed. Let the joy you gave us as babies in our home a little while ago become permanent and a lasting reality. Make this humble cottage of ours your own home and give us the blessed opportunity to fondle you as our own children. Imagine which God will not want to be born in such a beautiful home, abode, where both the parents are so pure. They are divinely being. They are only talking about the God. This is what it means. And the real Adhyatmic truth is, all this is within us. The only way to realize God is by becoming divine, by being chaste. By transcending the gunas, the atri and anusya is you alone. And that is when the dattatre will be born within you. You can realize him within yourself. There is nothing outside of this body. So every spiritual scripture, everything is only teaching this. And most important, guru is the doorway to God. So service unto the guru is important. Atri Muni is a great sage. Anusuya did her service to her husband. Okay, she... she Worshipped him as God himself. So, worshipping a great sage is most important. And what this also tells you, that even if you are married, your wife or your husband have to support each other in their spiritual upliftment. Not becoming crass material human beings, carrying, you know, getting into the gutters of lust and greed. That's another important lesson. See, everything here talks about a very profound truth. But today, what are we into? We are into lust and greed. That's exactly what Kali Purusha does. He uses the two weapons of your palate and sex. And what happens then? You are lost in that lust and greed. And you can never get out of it. So the marriage is only for the aspect of procreation. But beyond that, what is the real meaning of the marriage? Here it is very beautifully explained by Atriya Muni and Anusya. How should you live? How both husband and wife have to be a support system to each other for the spiritual upliftment, not for enjoying the carnal desires of each of you. There is nothing like that. So the purpose of this teaching is so that you understand and you evolve. Even though you get into a marriage, you need to live a pure life like this. 
how beautiful it is it is very divine can you live a life like this and only then can datta be born to you the good the out of goodness can a divine being born to you and will want to live in your abode not otherwise the babies now assumed their real forms and made their appearance before the couple as the trinity brahma vishnu and maheshwara they said we are pleased with you both you ask for whatever boons you wish the couple prayed let the joy you gave us as babies in our home a little while ago become permanent and a lasting reality make this humble cottage of ours your own home and give us the blessed opportunity to fondle you as our own children the god said your wish will surely be fulfilled let us also who have never known what a mother's and father's love is like experience and enjoy it as children in your home that is the that is in truth what we have been seeking for and why we came here under the pretext of diksha so everything is programmed there is it's all a divine leela so everything happens so beautifully now let's see what happens next to anusuya brahma was born as chandra vishnu as datta and maheshwara as dhruvasa and what is datta mean the adoption the adopted child he was an adoption he he was given by the god himself datta and then dattatreya atreya means he is the son of atreya muni how beautiful dattatreya one who is a gift of god the children grew up under the fondling care of their parents atreya rishi performed their upanayana samskara after this chandra sought permission of his parents to take his place in the skies and to make it his abode durvasa also sought permission of the parents to leave home for his pilgrimages and penance both of them merged their divine selves and power in their brother datta before their departure from home thus in datta were made merged all the divine aspects and powers of the great trinity which became symbolized in his three faces and six hands and because of which he came to be called as dattatreya the name also bears another meaning the one who gifted himself as son of atri atri putra which is he gifted himself to atri muni so the son the one who gifted himself as son to atri muni the tatriya from his very early years of life itself took to the task of redemption of the world as the supreme guru and protector supreme master so the tatriya is the supreme guru of this universe and who is supreme guru who is the tatriya the tatriya is none other than the incarnation or he is none other than lord shri krishna himself he is a purna jnana avatar is a complete jnana avatar means the knowledge aspect now avatar who manifested incarnated to dispel darkness of ignorance in this world and to bestow spiritual knowledge and wisdom and on all the aspirants of spirituality very very important i will reread this he is the purna jnana avatar the knowledge the para brahman himself and who is the complete knowledge himself this is lord shri krishna he is a manifestation of lord shri krishna himself incarnated 
to dispel the darkness of ignorance in the world and to bestow spiritual knowledge and wisdom and all the spiritual aspirants. Very important on all the aspirants. Who is the aspirants? One who is truly seeking for the spiritual being. Not on everybody. This, this line very clearly explains. Yes, he wants to bestow spiritual knowledge. He wants to remove the, dispel the darkness, remove the ignorance and, wisdom, and bestow wisdom on all the aspirants of spirituality. So you have to be a seeker. You need to be a real aspirant who is seeking that spiritual knowledge. Only then can you get that grace. And that is what Lord Dattatre did. And I also would like to share a very small story about the birthplace of Lord Dattatre is in Bhaktapur, which is in Nepal. In fact, I have written a small story about that. Um, so there is a place called Bhaktapur in Nepal where this, uh, where Lord Dattatre, where Atriya Muni and Anusuya lived. This is many years ago, of course. And unfortunately, because of the Kali Yuga, it was very sad state that when I had the privilege to visit the holy shrine of Lord Dattatre in Bhaktapur along with my Krishna Guruji, it was very sad to see how the deterioration has happened. There was a very small temple of Lord Dattatre and there was a very old priest sitting there. Nobody was there to take care of the temple. It was a very sad thing to see how the deterioration was happening. And around the temple shrine within the, the Bhaktapur, you know, most of the temples are being were converted into a, a coffee lounge, a bar, I don't know, everything's commercialized. The temples were being made into offices. And I still remember my Guruji sitting, you know, at the stamba of that temple and he was very angry. And at that time, he got the darshan of Lord Dattatre himself. There was few dogs, you know, who it came near my Guruji. It is a very beautiful experience. And that day, my Guruji said, before he left Nepal, he said, these places are not going to be there anymore. And you know what? And after that, a few years later, the earthquake happened. All of this temple has vanished now. But at least it's very grateful and I'm blessed, I can say, uh, with my Guruji's grace that I was able to, you know, touch and visit his holy feet in where he where he has born to Lord uh, sorry the sage Atremuni and Anusuya where he had manifested where he had incarnated so it was really a very humbling experience so with that we end this most beautiful chapter about how did the birth of Lord Tattatreya happen who is Lord Tattatreya and how he is the supreme guru who is an incarnation of Lord Sri Krishna himself is going to do lot of different uh, who has come and taken the charge to impart spiritual knowledge and wisdom to the real spiritual aspirants and to dispel the darkness and ignorance from this world. So with that we end the chapter today. We will begin the new chapter on Monday. So wishing you all a very happy Friday. I hope you enjoyed today's lesson and please go contemplate you know, meditate and internalize. This is a very, very important. There are a lot of beautiful lessons from this. And please, you know, take some of these lessons and go on your spiritual journey. And it is very important to attain this spiritual view. Thank you so much for joining Sri Guru Charitra Parayan. I'm wishing you all a very happy Friday.
ओम श्री महागणपते नमः ओम श्री गुरुदेव दत्त ओम श्री सचिदानंद सदगुरु साईनाथ महाराज की जय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय दिगंबरा दिगंबरा श्रीपाद वल्लभ दिगंबरा ओम श्री कृष्ण गुरुनाथनाथ श्री गुरुवे नमः ओम देवी दुर्गाय नमः ओम श्री कृष्णार्पणम नमस्तु कृष्ण वंदे जगद्गुरु ग्लोरियस एडवेंट ऑफ द लॉर्ड दत्तावतार ऑन अर्थ सो ग्लोरी टू द ऑल मर्सिफुल द ओमनी प्रेजेंट एंड द एवर रिस्पॉन्सिव